Welcome to Roadmap to Joy. I'm Jake Sparks, the Embark Treatment Director, and I have here with us today, very lucky to have Miss Abby Jones, uh, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She is our clinical director of uh, one of our clinics here located in Scottsdale, and we're ex very excited to have her on today. Welcome. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Jake. Yeah, anytime. Today's topic is one we're very excited about. Uh, we get lots of questions about mental health and where do I even get started and how do I understand all of this? And often in our videos, we're referencing other things. So today, we're going to try to break it all down really from the beginning. So today is our Mental Health 101, where we're going to try to just help unpack a lot of the questions people have and help us all to get get going and get started. Awesome. Um, and Abby's here to help walk us through it. <laughs> uh, so kind of one of the first questions that people always ask is, how should I be thinking about mental health? What is that referred to? Is it just feeling good? What does that actually mean when we say the mental health? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that's one of those things that you hear, but we don't always know what it means. And the way it's depicted in movies or TV shows or in media can, can sometimes feel scary or, or overwhelming. But really, mental health is just like the emotional and psychological and social well-being of someone. It kind of impacts how we think, how we feel, how we behave, um, and how we engage with ourselves, as well as how we engage with others. Yeah, so there's a lot of sounds like the, uh, the emotion built in, mm -hmm. some of the cognitive process, and you really hit on how we engage with ourselves and others. Because I don't know that we always think of mental health as a relational mm -hmm. thing. Uh, anything you might say to that? Yeah, I think we don't exist in a vacuum. Um, and yeah. we were, we're social beings, even if we're totally isolated, that tells us something about how we're doing, right? Even the, the separation from others is information about how we're feeling and acting and engaging. So I think when we think about mental health, it's in the context of, of community and relationship and family and self. That, that, that's really helpful because I think I wonder how many people sh show up for mental health concerns when there's also relational issues. Mm. Um, and if relational issues aren't a part of the problem, they're certainly a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. like none mm -hmm. of us can yeah, make it through alone. I love your thought. We're not we don't exist in a vacuum. So one of the questions a lot of folks have about mental health is, um, you know, so if I let's say I have a. a uh, an issue with my a, a tooth or something, and I need to get a cavity filled. It doesn't really matter where I go to the dentist. The process for getting your cavity filled is kind of the same. There's just a way to do it, and the dentist just does it. Um, so a lot of people, or especially we get asked by parents, of well, what's the treatment for my my child sneaking out of the house at night, or refusing to go to school, or not coming out of their room, or maybe self harm, or do what are the treatment for each of these little behaviors? And so they're wondering. I, I know I need something, but how do I know which treatment to match up with what symptoms we're seeing? Yeah. So you, you're going to want to start by looking for a, a licensed professional. Um, so getting connected with a, a licensed therapist. Um, we talk about psychotherapy specifically. Probably a like massage therapist or a physical therapist isn't going to be super helpful for more like behavioral, relational, and mental health needs. There are different types of therapy. You can do individual, family, group. And in the thing you mentioned, like going for a toothache, you wouldn't necessarily show up in the emergency room immediately, right? You would start by going to your dentist. Um, and so we want to start by going to a, th a therapist. Um, they can be in private practice or group or in an agency. Um, so there are lots of different 
avenues for seeking help, and that can be overwhelming. Um, you can go online and, and read Google reviews or Psychology Today. Um, word of mouth is, is helpful as well, um, but really looking for someone that is, is trained in the areas that you're, you're seeking help and support in, um, someone that's licensed and someone that has um, like that good relational fit. And it's okay to um, call and, and seek if it's to find out if it's a good connection because that relationship with the therapist is really important and you want to make sure that you're um, feeling like connected and supported and um, that you can like trust and open up with that person. So yeah, there's a lot packed in there. Um, it's really great advice. So you said you should have a therapist, a licensed therapist, a credentialed professional. Um, and then how do I know if this person has an expertise treating the specific issue myself or my child's going through? Like, does this therapist have experience with self-harming in the bathroom or you know does that make sense like there's all these hundreds of symptoms how do I know if my therapist has the expertise to treat my symptoms yeah it's okay to ask them uh, yeah sometimes we think like we maybe can't ask them questions they're just mm. supposed to tell us things um, but it's okay to ask and say hey are, are you experienced in this can you help us with this like what's your have you had similar clients to, mm -hmm. to us and, and a good therapist is going to be willing to share like their area of expertise with you. Great, great. And then what are some of the names? It's kind of baked into the name, but not. it might be helpful to still spell it out. So individual therapy versus family therapy versus group therapy. How do I know which of those I need? And what maybe, maybe just start by giving us some examples of what might be different between those? Yeah, certainly. Since you brought it up here. Um, so individual therapy is, is kind of what it sounds like. It's that one-on-one. -on -one. Um, maybe you've seen on movies where someone walks into the therapist room and they like lie on a couch. That's not necessarily what that's going to look like. Um, there's a thing called psychodynamic. They may do that. But for the most part, it's going to be more like like talk therapy um, where you're, you're having um, a, a conversation with someone. They're helping you reflect. They're helping you um, um, really gain some insight into the how, the why of, of what's going on for you. Um, it, it's not like a friend. Um, mm -hmm. It's not someone where they're going back and forth um, and disclosing things about themselves, but they're helping support you navigate what's going on like inter interpersonally for yourself and in relationships. So that individual therapist, like typically, it's like 50 minutes, um, typically is a, a individual session. Um, a lot of times it's weekly, maybe bi-weekly. And you're a lot of times focusing on the way that you're showing up and in, 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 in your relationships and also like how you're feeling about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, family therapy, um, I am a family therapist and so I'm a, a little biased towards that. Good, own your bias, That's, <laughs> yeah. I, as am I, so I'm preaching to the choir here. Yeah. yeah, so I think family therapy is, is so important because so often, um, especially for, for teens and young people, yeah. um, there's a lot of conflict or a lot of um, dysregulation that's happening in sibling sets or with parents and, and we're not feeling like heard. Um, and so family therapy can be a great way to process those relationships and how we're um, existing as a family system. Siblings may involve parents. Um, you can bring in different parts of, of the family unit to address like what's going on because people aren't the problem. Like the problem is the problem. Yeah. Um, and so it's really making sure like we're not saying, hey, like fix my, my kid. It's really how do we fix this relationship and how do we 
um, help support what what they're going through and, and healing that together. Yeah. So I think there's this idea out here that you mentioned the problem's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I've even heard parents say or tell their kids, hey, if you don't shape up, you're going to have to go to therapy. Yeah. And that almost starts to be like a punishment. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if you are a part of therapy, it must be because you are a problem. Yeah. And I've even ha- experienced some parents or family members being really aversive to therapy because they're like, well, I'm not the problem. Mm-hmm. My kid's the problem. So why would I need to show up to therapy? Um because I think therapy equals problem person goes to therapy. What would you say about that? Yeah, gosh. I mean, I think so much of that is like that stigma with mental health. And, yeah. and so it's helping shift some of that. Because if you have a toothache, you're not like upset that you've been bad, you know, or you haven't like done a good job with your teeth cleaning. You're like, oh, man, I need to get this fixed. So I, I would say, like, let's externalize that from an in, like something wrong with a person to like, hey, this is the way that we're existing together. And like, that is something we want to change, not necessarily like, like maligning the person and, make, and like making them bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that analogy because of, of the two thing. I think yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's great because that's part of being human. It is. Uh, and you have to go to the dentist. And most people spend more time brushing their teeth every day than they do thinking about their own mental health and wellness. Yeah. And you also like go to the, the dentist or the doctor kind of sometimes for like a routine checkup. Yeah. And and that's okay like to think about therapy and, and mental health that way as well. Is it, It's a good opportunity to check in and say, hey, um, maybe this is interfering in my life in a way that doesn't feel great. And, and I want to like tune up and, and improve things and have better functioning, healthier functioning um, for just the way I feel as well as the way I engage. Yeah, that's a much more, uh, I think, productive framework of saying as a family, let's go to therapy because we want to improve and we want to grow together and get better versus who's ever the baddest or naughtiest kid or member of the family, let's ship them off to therapy. Yeah. And really, if like they're thinking about something more than an hour a day or like you've adapted your life or adjusted the way that you're living to avoid or to to get around this this problem or this thing that's not feeling good, then that's probably an indicator that like checking in with a therapist would be beneficial. So we have individual therapy, family therapy, um, which I think we'll dive a little bit more into, and then uh, group therapy. So how do I think about what group means? Yeah, group can be so helpful. And sometimes um, maybe we think it's not as helpful as others because you think like, oh, one-on-one would be better. But as we talked about earlier, like we exist in relationship. And so group, there are different types of group. It may be skills-based or psychoeducational. It could be support. also learning more like cognitive behavioral strategies. So you can look at different types and then also interpersonal process. And in group, you have this this like restorative emotional experience a lot of times where um, the group members can help process with one another and reflect back. And um, you can also practice in real time how to develop some of those coping skills and interrupt what's going on um, in the moment in relationship, and then it can mirror back into mm. your, your life with your, your family members and friends. Yeah. Love that vicarious learning. Yeah. If I'm in group, I can learn from the successes and from the weaknesses of my group mates as they're learning from me. So I don't have to go through and live everything 
myself. I can. Yeah. Um, and then I, I've also heard people say that it actually helps them to be more reflective of themselves because they can see themselves. That, oh, I, part of me really resonates with what she said, but I also really feel connected to what he said over here. Yeah. And so it can be a really reflective process, particularly um, with groups as cohorts are you know, similar age, similar, maybe similar presenting problems, mm-hmm. um, those ways. And that's a great point, Jake, because you also have like that in the moment feedback. Yeah. Um, and so there's also opportunity for like social skills development and also um, all, all kinds of good stuff because you can sometimes get into group a little bit more quickly than maybe um, an individual therapist at times. Um, mm-hmm. And you can you can do group skills learning and in conjunction with family or individual therapy as well. Yep. Okay. So I could choose one of the three or combinations of the three, depending on what I might need. Choose your own adventure. That's right. Okay. Typically understand that if I'm finding a professional, they'll also help me navigate maybe what I might need for myself or for my family. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's not typically recommended um, to have more than one individual therapist. Uh-huh. That would be like a little unethical because maybe they're having different ideas about things or coming from a different framework. Um, so it's you want to have like that one kind of trusted person for the individual and they can help create a, a treatment plan or a roadmap, if you mm-hmm. will, of um, a path forward for, for healing. Great. Sometimes when I when we work with parents, um, they're like, well, what's the cure for this? Mm. Uh, my child has depression. Can't you just give them the antidote to depression? Or can't we just operate and get this anxiety out of their body? And we really want to just target symptoms and just root that out. And sometimes that leads people down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are looking for like that magic wand or in – mental health, even like that magic pill where things will suddenly be resolved. Um, Really, when we're talking about psychotherapy, we're we're not treating just symptoms. We're really wanting to get at like what's underlying those, Mm. those, um, those symptoms that can be driving it. Um, Sometimes it's, it's shame or an unintegrated sense of self. Um, Sometimes it's dysfunction in, in the way that we're engaging. So if you're just treating symptoms, sometimes that can be more like whack-a-mole where it's just moving from like one dysfunction to another. Um, So we're in therapy. We really want to think about behavior as like the smoke and, and really like that interpersonal process is underneath is like the, the fire. And so we want to go towards that. I see. So there'd be some indicators that something's going on, right? Mm-hmm. I've heard someone say um, the symptoms are the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. And we maybe like we're it might be prone to just that alarm's annoying. Let me just turn off the alarm, but not pay any attention to the actual fire going yeah. on. So you're saying the symptoms kind of arise but they're probably indicators that something deeper is happening. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it can be, you know, um, mental health is, is not a nature or a nurture. It's, it's both mm-hmm. and. Um, we are impacted by some like predispositions biologically, but also the way that like we're um, engaging with others. So it's, it's you know, there can be, um, it's important to have like a, an approach that, takes all of that into account one of the things I've uh, one of the things I've experienced is um, we are used to especially in our Western world we're really used to being there or there being a cause and effect mm-hmm. if someone 
um, comes down with the disease. It's, well, where did we get the disease? Where, where did it come from? Let's just root that out. And one of those peop- reasons I think people struggle with mental health is there's a million different causes and there's a million different symptoms. And they, you and I might live through the exact same scenario and you develop anxiety and I develop depression. Mm-hmm. Or we both develop depression, but it looks different for you than it does for me. Um, so there's really not the same cause and direct effect. It can really be so individual for each person Yeah. as they develop those symptoms. Yeah, that's so true. I'm wondering um, if there's anything you might say to how one symptom develops versus another. Why does someone have a symptom of self-harm or someone else might have a stronger symptom of like uh, perfectionism and anxiety and having to perform well at school? I think it it can be dependent upon like some of those predispositions, but also Mm -hmm. adaptation in your environment. Sometimes we go inwards um, and direct some of that anxiety or some of the negative thoughts towards self and more of that internal. Um, And other times people may adapt more towards like an external where you may see like they get bigger and louder and um, maybe more angry. Uh, And sometimes we can see see that and think, oh, these these are really different, but what's driving it may be the same. It just depends on if it's like more of an internal versus external expression. Yeah. So you're saying it might, some of it might be, uh, earlier you said nature and nurture. Mm -hmm. So we all come hardwired Mm -hmm. and then we're met with an environment and we all have our own personality. So you might internalize things and I might externalize them. Yeah, and, and we maybe are receiving different messages around what's okay. Uh, and what's okay in my family system may not be in yours. And so mm-hmm. I may be more predisposed to hide something or to, to try to live up to what I, th- I think people are expecting of me. Um, and in, in another person's environment, um, other systems are at play. Yeah. You, your, your needs might be different than mine. Yeah. And so your symptoms might be... Uh, we sometimes I think you've mentioned this before. Talk about uh, trying to adapt to a maladaptive environment. Mm-hmm. So if your symptom provides a need for you, mm-hmm. my symptoms might meet a different need for me. Right. Okay, so we understand a little bit about here's how to get started. Really trying to set the stage for how to think about symptoms, uh, different than what we're used to. If you just go to your medical doctor, or your dentist, mm-hmm. there's a wide variety of symptoms. I'm I'm wondering. How will I know if myself or someone in my family needs therapy? That seems like a a big step to take, and there's this kind of edge where people are like, oh, we're doing um, we're doing okay. We don't need therapy yet. Or I talked to someone once, and they said, you know, I I try to I try to help. It was an educator. They said my job is to help kids so they never have to go to therapy. Mm. Hmm. And so I thought, oh, that's what's wrong with going to therapy. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's interesting. I think it would be so great if we could shift that. Yeah. Because one thing I've heard from people so many times is, gosh, I wish we did this sooner. Yeah. And I've never heard anyone say, you know, I think I started therapy a little bit too soon. Things little, weren't bad enough yet. I was a little too ahead of this. And we didn't really get to <laughs> get our hands too dirty because yeah. we just nipped it in the bud. Yeah. Yeah. How can someone know? if they should be seeking it. Sure. If you're experiencing distress, 
even if it's something that you feel like is is normalized, but it's impacting your life mm. and you're, it's intervening in like your day-to-day functioning, um, even if it's um, like the way that you're thinking about something, like that's probably a good time to go, go towards a therapist. If you're experiencing things like changes in, in sleep or eating, mm. um, if you're noticing a change in your energy or cha- a change in uh, the way that you're interacting with others, maybe maybe isolating or pulling away from, it could even look more like you're going um, more towards relationships and that are maybe unsafe or unhealthy. Like if, if you're, but if you're noticing a change in the way that you're showing up and it's impacting you, that that's a good indicator um, to, to go towards therapy. So you would need something. So mm-hmm. you're really highlighting this change. I, I feel this shift, what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Noticing a change, what are the changes one might start to notice? You mentioned sleeping and mm-hmm. things like that, but... Yeah, if there's an increase in uh, maybe maladaptive coping, so like mm. if you're increasing in um, smoking or drinking, or if you're seeing um, more like risky behaviors in your in your kid, um, where they're engaging in um, like more like unsafe conversations on the internet, or spending a lot more time on their phone, you know, if if you're seeing um, like a sense of hopelessness or feeling numb. Um, you know, a lot of times people are saying, well, I, I don't feel hopeless. I just, I don't feel great. I just feel nothing. Like, um, you know, in therapy, we call that like anhedonia, um, the <laughs> sense of like you've lost a sense of enjoyment of, of things you used to enjoy. That's a really interesting part because you said first you identify, if you start to notice some changes, mm-hmm. that might be a clue something's off. Mm-hmm. But I do think you're also hitting on something now where some people are like, well, I've just, is this not normal? Mm-hmm. I've just lived this way. Do, do people get excited about this? I, Right? Like yeah, they've just yeah. lived this way for so long they might not realize. Or um, I, I've talked to people who have had maybe toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. Like they've never experienced a really healthy caregiver. Yeah. So they don't know that that's even an option. Mm-hmm. So they kind of get stuck, stuck in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then maybe don't seek out help because they're like, they just think that that's normal. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if there's any other lies people tell themselves to talk themselves out of therapy. So I know a big one is like, well, I, I, I got food on the table. I have a house. So many people have it worse than me. I, you know, who am I to feel this sad and depressed? I have nothing to feel sad about. So they just ignore it. Yeah, that comparative suffering. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, that's okay. And like that's terrible for those people. And it's okay that it's ter- terrible for you. Each of us is like worthy of a full life with zest and enjoyment and um, a, a sense of hope and belonging. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're wired for connection and we're wired for relationship and, and being okay in our skin. Yeah. And, and if you're feeling like uncomfortable in, in, your, in your sense of self and you're feeling like maybe this isn't for me, like I think that actually might be telling you it is. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Um, and I think people forget about it develops over time mm-hmm. and it it changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's okay too, to have to see that growth or progression or we were doing okay when my kids were little and we were coloring books, but now that they're in junior high and going to dances, like, oh man, what's happening here? And I think it takes some people by storm. Yeah. You know, and you're bringing up that sense of transition. That can oh, be yeah. a huge time to like tune in and, and say like, hey, let's get some support here. Um moving from middle school to high school, the like relationships change, the homework expectations uh-huh. yeah. change, like everything that's going on is, is different. You're in a new environment. Uh, maybe your, your kids are growing up and leaving the house and like suddenly it's like, man, 
where our relationship dynamic has shifted. You're moving. That can be so hard. I recently did that. Yeah. Um, And so anytime you have a big change in your life, like a new baby, those can be times to check in. Yeah, that's a great point. We probably underestimate the impact those things have on us. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really valuable to take some intentional time to step in and and watch what you're watch what you're doing and how you're feeling. So we kind of understand what they're uh, or some why we might need therapy, how to go out and, and get one. Um, so I'm wondering if we can just talk about talk through some of the t- like types of therapy or what does actually therapy mm-hmm. look like and, and start to feel like. So broad question, what is psychotherapy? How do you define what that even is? Yeah, it is a it involves communication between a, like a client and a, a licensed trained professional um, to help resolve problems or help feel better. Psychotherapy um, helps you find relief from emotional distress um, and it can help you modify ways of thinking and be- and behaving and believing um, about yourself and about the world. It is a relationship that can develop over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that you, you don't just go one time and expect like immediate change. It took a long time sometimes for things to develop. Um, and so it, it might take a little bit of time for things to start to shift. And mm-hmm. so you want to keep going towards it and engaging. How would a, my psychotherapist be different than my best buddy? Right? Yeah. Because I have a good relationship there. I call him up on the phone and mm-hmm. spill my guts to him. Right. That that friendship with your, your best buddy, it's more... Um, back and forth and and maybe like you you take care of one another sure but your your friend's going to give you some advice and then maybe they're going to share how they're feeling um, but a, a therapist is trained in, in specific ways of um, meeting you with with empathy and with curiosity um, a psychotherapist is going to be trained um, and held to an ethical standard you know therapists um, are bound by confidentiality um, they have um, they're they're licensed and regulated by their state, um, and and there are, are are a lot of things in place that help protect you as as the client, um, but also you can trust that um, they have like your best interests at heart, and that they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna listen and reflect and, and help you. I like what you're saying because one of the misnomers of therapy is this idea of advice giving. Mm-hmm. The, the therapist sits there and has a clipboard and has a PhD, knows all the answers, so they can just dispense the perfect life advice. And then clients show up to therapy and sometimes they're <laughs> they're um, disappointed when like, she didn't just tell me what to do. What's right. going on? Yeah. So how would you describe um, the process of therapy versus my buddy might just say, Jake, knock it off. Do right. this instead. Yeah. And dispense life advice. But the therapist, that that's different. Yeah. And there, there can be different styles. Like some may be more directive or indirective. And but really, it's, it's helping you discover like what um, what, what works for you. And, and helping you peel back and solve some of your own um, questions and, and be curious about what's going on without telling you specifically, like, do this, because it may not work for you. And what, mm. you know, your best path forward may be different than someone else's. And so they're just really helping um, you reflect and, and discover. It's like peeling back onion layers. Someone once described it to me is, is like, you know, if you have a really messy garage, 
uh-huh. with lots of just stuff that you've collected over the years. And a therapist is someone that is an expert in organization. They can mm. help you unpack and move and say, well, these boxes should go over here and these ones here. And let's help. Oh, maybe if we have some organization and they just help you kind of clean up your mental and emotional space. But they still say it's your stuff. Yeah. And you got to figure out how you want to organize it, but maybe I can help organize it with you. I like that. And and I think that helps kind of set the stage of like, ultimately, this is my stuff that I have to take with me to therapy and sort through and find some resolution resolution in. Um, And that way, it's actually empowering for Mm -hmm. clients because it's not just some expert telling them what to do. Here's what to do with your stuff. It's more, you got to figure this out and I'm, I'm with you. Right. I like that. I, I've heard something similar of um, people think therapy can be like a mechanic shop where you oh, yeah, drop someone yeah. off and they get fixed. And it's really more like Home Depot. Of <laughs> we've got tools and we believe like you can do it and we can help. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Home Depot. <laughs> There's some other professions that are like coaching. Mm-hmm. How would you talk about coaching versus therapy versus your buddy down the street? Yeah. Yeah, so in the recent years, coaching's become way more popular, um, um, especially online, like Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok. Like, there's tons of mental health coaches that could uh, that say they can help you improve your life. Um, therapists are are licensed and regulated. They're trained specifically. They're able to diagnose and treat um, specific mental mental illnesses or mental health needs, and also relationship needs. They can help delve into your your past and help process and resolve things whereas um like coaches maybe have some training um in some areas but they're really focused more on setting goals um Mm -hmm. and working to achieve them versus like processing um and really finding like healing i see so a coach might say from this time going forward Mm -hmm. i can help you strategize around some concrete goals, whereas a therapist might say, let's dive into your past and make some resolution Mm -hmm. and peace with the past Mm -hmm. so that you can move forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's probably space for both depending on your um, issues or presenting problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, the danger though is that we don't want to just turn off the fire alarm while let the fire still rage. Like, I'll just set better goals and move forward and pretend all this stuff in my past never happened. But it can feel like just shutting off the alarm um, and pretending the fire doesn't exist when yeah. it does. Yeah. When I'm coming to therapy, I'm looking for a therapist. I know the types of therapy. I know the presenting problems. But I am not an expert in all the different types of therapy. Mm-hmm. And it is... If you're just joining this world of seeking therapists, um, it's a lot to decode, mm-hmm. often literally, because it's just acronyms, DBT, uh, CBT, and LPC, and MFT, all of those things. So I'm wondering if we can just kind of walk through uh, maybe firstly, what are some common types of therapists, mm-hmm. so um, licensure types, so I might know whom I need to work with or like what counts as therapy and what the, yeah. so just walk through that a little bit. So there's a few things that I've seen. I've seen um, a an MFT or an LMFT. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what that one is because that's what, what I am. Yes. But maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're both MFTs. And so what that means is we're going to come from like a relational model and a relational perspective. Um, so when, when you, we're thinking through um, like issues, like maybe you're feeling anxious, we're going to be thinking through like how does that anxiety or that behavior um, impact like social and relational context? And we're going to think about it more through um, 
that that context mm. of of the system um, or like the family system. So um, MFTs don't just see families; they also can can see individuals or or your your family or your teen. Um, but they're going to be thinking through typically like in a more systemic mm. relational perspective. So they might say this is the a symptom is the family has the problem is a family has. Uh, the presence of this symptom mm-hmm. in it, and it's a family issue mm-hmm. that maybe one person is owning and, and enacting, mm-hmm. but it's they're adapting that behavior is a, an adapt adaptation to the system mm-hmm. and like the environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what you'll get from an MFT. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does that differ from like social work or uh, LPC or a yeah, social work um, sometimes can be more focused on like resources, and so that mm-hmm. may be resources that you have internally, like your ability to cope. But it also could be focused in the context of resources in, in the larger community. Um, so helping navigate through, um, you know, it's hard to feel really great if you don't if you're not sleeping well because you don't have a, an adequate place to live um, and so social workers um, often think through problems or issues in the context of accessing like um, resources internally and externally mm-hmm. and if I understand right some social workers are not clinicians mm-hmm. they can still act as a social worker but they're not necessarily providing therapy and other licensed clinical social workers have specific training of Here's how to provide one-on-one talk therapy or family mm-hmm. family talk therapy. Yep. So an MFT and a social worker, those are both master's level clinicians. Mm-hmm. And then similar with, um, it's called different things in different states, but uh, LPC or LCPC or depending on where you are, what what, what, what would I expect from that person? Yeah, so like a, a licensed professional counselor um, a lot of times is going to come from a perspective of struggling with like a developmental issue. Um, so meaning that something along the way um, hasn't quite been been resolved or, or supported in a way um, where the person can live most fully or, or their best life. Um, so it, it could be um, thinking through uh, like an individual issue less about the system or the relationship, mm-hmm. but more about a single person. I see. And I think there's probably worth saying that there's a lot of personalities between these two uh-huh. or each of these licensures. These are just broad strokes we're painting totally. with what types of general frameworks mm-hmm. that education yeah. provides. It's, sometimes it can just be the philosophy that underlies yeah. the specific degree. Uh, but I know my friends that are LPCs took marriage and family classes, you yeah. know, and so there, there's a lot of cross training. Um, and sometimes when folks are initially going to school, they don't even necessarily know the difference. So it's it's really seeking. To, again, to more about that relationship with the individual person than a specific licensure. So you sh- your advice would be to not pay as much attention to the letters behind their name as to the person mm-hmm. and the, their personality and the, fit, the type of therapy. Yeah. yeah. So then where does uh, a psychologist fit in and then a psychiatrist? Because those all get therapists, psychologists. Like, I see people interchange those all the time. Right. So where would a psychologist fit into this? Yeah, so so psychologists have um, some some different training than um, our social workers, our mental health therapists. They are often able to do uh, some like assessments and testing, um, and they can help really um, identify, help get a, a more thorough diagnosis and, and do some more diagnostic testing. Sometimes the psychologists come from more of a of an approach of 
um, rooting out the dysfunction and providing a diagnosis for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then psychiatrists, they're, they're medical doctors. Um, and so they've gone to medical school. They've done rotations. Um, and, and a lot of times psychiatrists will work in conjunction with the therapeutic, like the therapeutic team. May that be the psychologist or the, the therapist. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're often prescribing medications and helping um, navigate that side versus providing therapy. Great. So your traditional talk therapies, probably uh, some of these master level Mm -hmm. clinicians, um, certainly a psychologist can provide Mm -hmm. uh, testing, assessment, diagnoses, Mm -hmm. um, in addition to talk therapy, talk support. And then there's psychiatrists that prescribe meds, but then might also do some talk type therapy. I would assume you would want to find a, if your psychiatrist is doing that, they have some experience and background because the the process of psychiatry might not supplant the process of a regular talk therapist. Right. And what's really interesting is research suggests that for anxiety disorders, that that's a that therapy can often be more effective than medication. And so we want to really make sure that we're using the right combination of tools um, to to treat the individual person because sometimes we can find that the combination of medication and therapy, like that may be the the winner for a specific child or family. Um, Where can people find someone? Like if I need to find someone today, where do I do that? Yeah. Yelp? Like, is that where people are going to? Just something <laughs> online? I, yeah, I haven't heard that people are going to Yelp, but maybe. <laughs> you know, like most things, Google is is a place where a lot of folks start. Um, that can be overwhelming because um, then what do you end up saying? Like, oh, I want the person with the best website. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Google reviews obviously can be helpful, but really um, going to online psychology today, ca- calling it a trusted professional seeking out referrals from your other medical providers or from friends talking in, in your community of yeah is, is a good place as well I, th- I think that's great because talk to your if it's for your child your school counselors mm-hmm. probably are used to referring mm-hmm. to people they're professionals you have um other community leaders big question for families is are you paying out of pocket or insurance mm-hmm. and if you want insurance then you can talk with Call the number on the back of your insurance card and find who's who's in your network. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can be a lot, a lot to weed through and to explore. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love that you said, though, it's okay to test them out. Mm-hmm. It's okay to ask them questions and it's okay to try to assess the, the fit. Because you, you would say the thing that matters most is... That therapeutic relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How well you're going to work mm-hmm. together is probably most important in terms of your long-term health and healing. Do I believe this person can help me? Do they believe I can be changed? Yeah. You know, like that relationship of, of how we're engaging is, is so important. Because if I don't trust my therapist, then it's going to be really hard to, to be authentic and transparent and to really um, be vulnerable yeah. to what's going on. Great. Is that the only option, to call a therapist? We've talked a lot about how to find a professional, uh-huh. but... It's like how to find a dentist versus brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. Both are important. Right. But what's the brushing your teeth of yeah. mental health? Mm-hmm. Great point. Yeah, I think um, going for a walk, uh, disconnecting from screens, um, taking time to show up in relationship, um, and, and slowing down. Man, we've been so busy these last couple mm. of years, and, and it's just there's been so much. And so it's okay to like hit pause, slow down, evaluate. Journaling can be a really um, 
wonderful way to reflect um, and to process what's what's going on and just get some of that out and onto paper. Um, there are so many strategies that we can do to, to help take care of ourselves. Like connecting with other people can, can be so important, giving someone a hug. I think we're, we're, we've been touch starved since the pandemic, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, yeah. So connecting um, with others, volunteering can be something that yeah. actually is a really powerful yeah. way to improve mental health and um, connection. I, I love that you talked about that because I think if you say, how do you promote physical health? Mm-hmm. People would say, oh, well, you can exercise and drink plenty of water and sleep and those really basic things but those are all very proactive intentional things that you have to do that don't always feel great Mm -hmm. like it would probably some of us might prefer to sit on the couch and watch tv than then go for a 30 minute walk outside and sometimes with um when we talk about mental health we forget that it takes work Mm -hmm. Uh, so one of the things in addition to like all those things you said they take some intentionality if you just check out and like i need a mental health day and then you just sit and do nothing that's probably not actually improving your health yeah we got to ask that question is am i numbing Am I like disconnecting mm. and just like vegging out or am I being more proactive towards restoration? Like there is a difference between staring at a screen, watching like five episodes of whatever just dropped on Netflix yeah. and restoring my cup. Yeah. Particularly with, I think, mental health because so many mental health disorders – develop as an attempt to mm-hmm. be rid of the emotion. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel this, so I'm going to do a symptom, I'm going to uh, skip school, or I'm going to uh, use drugs, or I'm going to um, do, enact these behaviors to help me f- feel better because I don't like how I'm feeling. Um, so I think you're right on. Sometimes we accidentally think we're doing self-care, but really we're just avoiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the basic points, I love that you mentioned this, so if you want to address your mental health, how are you sleeping? Mm-hmm. It's pretty hard to be mentally healthy if you're not sleeping. Um, are you getting enough water? Um, how's like your basic diet going on? You don't have to be an ultra marathoner, but going on a 20 minute walk a couple times a week. There's a lot of research that says that's at least as effective as some medication for anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really, the takeaway is um, we do want for folks to reach out to therapists and to seek help and how do we take control over our own mental health right. by being thoughtful and intentional about it? Yeah, absolutely. We're, I heard something one time where we're like overgrown houseplants where we need sunlight, <laughs> we need water, we need nutrients. Yeah. And um, our mental health is so tied into like our, our physical health. They really are so much of the same thing. And so taking, yeah. taking proactive steps. And then I love how you've talked about the relational component mm-hmm. is that we can't be mentally healthy and relationally unhealthy Mm -hmm. that's not ever going to work but building healthy relationships takes time and energy and practice and sometimes we're doing great and sometimes we're not and we have to repair and get back on track but I love how you've talked and really set the stage for this relationship providing the foundation of mental health Mm -hmm. and so reach out call that friend take some time write a thank you note uh, express gratitude Mm -hmm. all those things to help build bonds and connections yeah i think are lovely advice that sometimes we that we forget about right so we've covered a lot of ground (laughs) we've talked about kind of what is mental health in general um how you might know if you're needing some really 
more intensive support and help through a therapist. We've identified what types of therapists might be and then even where symptoms might come from. And then lastly, we got to talk about how to take your mental health seriously for yourselves. So I appreciate your thoughts and time and being here, Abby, with us. Thank you for listening and being here. This is part one. Join us for part two of our Mental Health 101 series, where we'll break down uh, specific types of therapy and specific methodologies and uh, get into this a, a little bit deeper. So don't forget to subscribe to Roadmap to Joy wherever you get your podcasts.